time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Tuesday, September 27th, 2016. We have 20 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have north winds 10 to 15 knots gusting to 20. We're sort of familiar with that forecast. The winds, however, are coming from the north today. Um, We have wind waves from the north, three feet high at four seconds apart, and westerly swells, seven feet at 10 seconds apart. And today we're going to hear a pretty amazing story of being rescued at sea. And um, it's a little bit of a cautionary tale, of course, as these things often are. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But first, let's take a look at our Columbia River ship schedule for the day. We have six inbounders, nine in the Astoria Anchorage, and uh, five outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first two ships on the, on the inbound schedule today are cruise ships. We're going to have two cruise ships in town today, as is... Um, the practice when this happens, they can't both fit at Pier 1 at the Port of Astoria, so one will go to the Astoria Anchorage off the downtown waterfront. So there will be quite an interesting sight today, a cruise ship anchored offshore amidst the cargo ships. So that's the the uh, passenger ship, the Zandam, arriving from Seattle. She will be anchored off the waterfront in Astoria. Um, They'll bring people in to land on small launches, kind of an interesting process to watch, and then everyone will gather at the 17th Street dock uh, to go back to the ship later on. She'll be in town, probably uh, off the waterfront there by about 9.30 this morning. And the Norwegian Sun is our second cruise ship of the day, arriving from Vancouver, British Columbia, headed for Astoria's, uh, the port of Astoria's Pier 1. Um, and she will also arrive around 9.30 a.m. So lots of visitors in town today in Astoria. Next inbound is the MG Explorer, arriving from South Korea, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. Ultimately, she will head up river to uh, Kalama to pick up corn, soy, or wheat. Look for her arriving in the Astoria Anchorage around 1.30 p.m. Next inbound is the Tug C-SPAN King. She will be um, arriving from Vancouver, British Columbia, and she'll arrive at the Uh, Port of Astoria, probably around 7 p.m., and if I'm understanding this situation correctly, she will come into the river from Canada, um, hand her barge, she'll be towing a barge, hand her barge off to a U.S. flag tug in the waters off Hammond and then um, Warrington, and then go um, to the Port of Astoria to pass inspections, perhaps get some fuel on the waterfront, and then pick up another barge that will be anchored off uh, the waterfront down by Tongue Point. So take a look there today. If you see a barge anchored waiting, it's waiting for the C-SPAN King to pick it up and take it out to sea and uh, to its to its destination. Next inbound is another ship, the Glovis Splendor. She's a car carrier arriving from Vancouver, B.C., headed for Portland. Brand new Hondas on this ship. She'll pass Astoria around 11.30 p.m., arriving in Portland around 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday. So she'll be, you'll see her running lights going by if you see her at all. And the Anastasia C is arriving from South Korea, uh, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. Uh, she'll be going upriver to pick up wheat. She'll arrive in the Anchorage in the wee hours of Wednesday morning, probably around 1.30 a.m. In the Astoria Anchorage, we have the Clipper Vision headed for Longview today to pick up wheat. Leaving around 2 a.m., she'll be in Longview early by about 5.30 this morning. The Evergrace is uh, headed from the Anchorage to Kalama today to pick up corn, soy, maybe wheat. Leaving the Anchorage around 9 a.m., you'll see her in Kalama by about 2 p.m. The Martha, the Maratha, rather, Promise is headed for the Vancouver Anchorage from the Astoria Anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up wheat, leaving around 9 a.m., passing Astoria outbound around 3 p.m. And we have uh, quite a few ships awaiting orders in the Anchorage. The Teresa Hainan, the Fu Min, the Grace One, the Trustin Trader One, 
the Teo and the Capitola. And uh, we have a lot more ships, more space for ships in the anchorage these days since ships have been given permission to be anchored up pat, a little bit past Tongue Point by Rice Island there. So um, a little the, uh, the Astoria anchorage area has been extended a bit to make room for more ships needing to anchor on the river. And our outbounders, the Nordic Kyle or Kiel, is leaving Longview. Um, her cargo uh, is wheat. She'll be leaving around 5 a.m., passing Astoria outbound around 8.30 a.m. The Global Endeavor will be leaving Longview carrying logs at about 3.30 p.m. She'll pass Astoria around 7 p.m. The Sakura Dream is leaving Portland carrying wheat at about 7 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 1 a.m. on Wednesday. The Jin Chow is leaving Kalama carrying corn, soy, or wheat, leaving around 8.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 1.30 a.m. on Wednesday. And the Santiago Basin is a bulker leaving Longview Longview carrying pet coke at about 10 p.m., passing Astoria outbound in the wee hours of Wednesday morning, also around 1.30 a.m. Well, today I thought I'd share with you a story about a rescue at sea. This uh, story is from gcaptain.com, a really interesting maritime news uh, portal. Uh, It's about a man who was rescued kind of against all odds at sea. A 22-year-old Rhode Island man has been found alive after more than a week lost at sea in an inflatable life raft, the U.S. Coast Guard has confirmed. A spokesman for the Coast Guard said Nathan Carmen was spotted about 100 nautical miles offshore in Massachusetts by a passing commercial freighter. He was in relatively good condition when rescued, the spokesman said. The man's mother, 52-year-old Linda Carmen, is still missing. Nathan and his mother were reported missing last Sunday, September 18th, after failing to return from an offshore fishing trip in a 31-foot center console boat named Chickenpox. They departed Rams Point Marina in Point Judith, Rhode Island, that Saturday evening. The Coast Guard suspended the search on Friday after searching for six days and 62,000 square nautical miles of ocean, an area larger than the state of Georgia, from south of Block Island to the canyons off New York. Media reports say the man said his boat sank on September 18th. A search for his mother was not expected to be resumed. Now, when you think about this story, consider this, which could ha- this could happen to anyone in a boat at sea. You're out in a boat that is, when you think about it, a small shell of a thing compared to the wide, wide ocean. And that small craft is truly the only barrier between you and the deep blue sea. Something goes very wrong, the water's coming in in places where it shouldn't, you endure a terrible trauma, lose a family member, and then find yourself in a life raft alone, floating far out of sight of land. Then after a week, after the Coast Guard has given up all reasonable hope of finding you, and they are experts at this, you are spotted somehow by a passing ship. The odds of this story having a happy ending were pretty slim, and yet this person survived through amazing luck. That the ship passed him near enough so that someone could see him when someone on deck or the bridge happened to be looking just where he happened to be, and it's not easy to spot things in the water, and that the ship passed by where he was in the daytime. And it being still early fall with the ocean warm, that was an advantage too, but still, tremendous luck at play here. When you consider the things that went wrong for this person in this boat, it kind of makes going to sea in a boat seem like a tremendous leap of faith, but people do it all the time without mishap, and people also get rescued all the time. So perhaps the most important thing to take away from this story is that it also reminds us that preparedness, while it may take a little bit more time and not be very glamorous, really can help a lot when things go wrong. For instance, if he'd had an EPIRB device, one of those electronic uh, 
emergency indicator radio beacons um, that would have sent a signal to a satellite and the Coast Guard would have been able to find him right away, or even an inexpensive VHF radio. The Coast Guard could have found him very quickly with that as well. So something to think about, um, you know, it's easy to say how scary this is, but um, with a few well-chosen devices that don't have to cost a lot of money, you can still be pretty safe at sea and probably get the help you need in time. I'm glad he was found alive. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.